Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to episode 45 of the DCAU Review. I'm your host, Cal, and with me always is the DCAU Review Twitter guru, Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 45 of the DCAU Review. Yeah, we're continuing through March. We're looking at Justice League all month long. We're counting down to the release of the Justice League versus Fatal 5 movie that we'll be reviewing on March 30th, the day it comes out. So all month long in March, we're going to be counting down some of our favorite Justice League episodes from Season 1. And we got another fun one today with A Night of Shadows. Yeah, Liam. Um, So I, I gotta be honest, I don't think I've watched this episode too, too many times. Uh, We talked earlier uh, how we originally have watched a lot of our Justice League via videotape. And if you don't know what a videotape (laughs) is, kids, it's a lot like DVR, except there was a physical copy of it. So you know how cassette tapes are back in now? It's like a giant cassette (laughs) tape that you put in a machine and watched it on your TV. It's Yes, but also if you tried to watch it too many times, you would ruin it. Yeah. You no longer could watch it. You couldn't rewind too much or fast forward too much. Yeah, it was a mess. Anyway. Um, so we didn't have this one on, on, uh, videotape from my recollection. So we didn't really watch it much until we got the DVDs. Uh, this episode uh, features the return to the DCAU review. Granted, we have not, uh, or the DCAU, we haven't covered the episode yet because we haven't gotten into the new Batman adventures just yet, but it returns, uh, the return of Jason blood slash slash the demon. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really fun because this story sort of starts out and we sort of jump into the plot from here. Um, we get uh, Jason Blood slash Etrigan's origin story. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went up with this very Lord of the Rings style opening, this battle at this castle. He allows Morgan Le Fay into the, you know, into the castle and betrays the uh, the army. that They mention Arthur, so I guess it's supposed to be like Knights of the Round Table. Right. Um, and he meets Merlin too as well and Sort of his punishment for betraying uh, King Arthur and the rest of his army is that he will be bonded for all eternity to this demon called Etrigan until he can right his wrong. And so sort of that idea is when we meet Jason Blood and Etrigan, they're once again hot on the trail of Morgan Le Fay, who they need to destroy if they ever want to have peace. Right. And it's uh, she, in, in turn, is after this, um, after she betrays Jason... And she does uh, she does him dirty, so to speak. Uh, he is bonded to this demon, and then uh, we flash forward to, of course, present day. Where it's interesting the, the episode sort of starts out a little bit like a, an original Batman, uh, yeah, the, the Batman the animated series episode or the new Batman Adventures uh, episode. And um, so it's just Batman interacting with with Jason Blood. There's a uh, a guy that's attacked and. Uh, you later find out he's been aged through magic. Uh, Morgan Le Fay, I guess she sort of robs people of their youth. Yeah, I think to like stay alive or to stay young, she has to constantly be absorbing people's life forces because there's three or four times they show her her hands are like all like old and liver spotted, and then she 
absorbs this person's youth and they turn back to normal. So I guess that's sort of the idea. Yeah, they didn't do a, a really good job of explaining that. And it's not as if she was on another episode of Justice League before this or a, a, another appearance in the DCAU before right. this. So that, I was, I felt a little bit robbed in, in that way in that we didn't, we didn't quite get who she was. We didn't quite get what her powers are. They aren't explicit that her powers are, are magic related. Of course, you figure that out. Uh, as we go through, and of course, Jason Blood's uh, based his his powers are based in in magic and the supernatural, being bonded to a demon, of course. Yeah. Um, so, what were your general thoughts for the for the plot? Um, well, it's really uh, as as funny as we mentioned because the intro is very much a Batman story and an origin story for uh, Etrigan. It then really shifts to a Martian Manhunter story from there. Yeah, and it's. Uh, he tries to locate Morgan uh, telepathically. She's able to, like, hack into his brain instead and keeps sending him visions of his dead wife and children. Um, and that, and even though he, he uh, you know, Martian Manhunter mentions multiple times, he, he understands that it's just an illusion, but it's so real and just the, the tiniest little sliver that she won't betray him and that she would give him back his whole world is enough for him to betray his new friends. He's a liability potentially, the episode. Yes, yeah. and potentially destroy the wor- the Earth uh, just for the tiniest chance that she, she might live up to her wor- word and bring Mars back. And that's pretty powerful. I like that it focuses on that, the loneliness of that character, because unlike, say, uh, Superman, who, though that can be an element of his character, he was sent to Earth as a baby, so right. he's never known anything really, other than in, you know, the history that he learned when he was older, he doesn't have, like, this great affinity for Kryptonian culture, whereas Jean was, you know, lived, I think they said, for thousands of years on Mars, and then once his people were wiped out, he was captured and taken to Earth. Right. Um, so that that idea of that one last chance to maybe get back to a place where he could truly be happy is too much for him. Um, that I think is really powerful and really good. Agreed. Um, it's, there's also like, there's a lot of like, they're searching for this philosopher's stone. They chase it to one guy who doesn't have it. And there's like a brief scuffle where Batman gets injured, uh, fighting Morgan Le Fay. Meanwhile, uh, Wonder Woman and the Flash go to what is essentially the Playboy Mansion. (laughs) And, uh, it turns out that guy is the one who has the, the philosopher's stone, and then Morgan Le Fay shows up there, turns him into a worm. If uh, maybe it's a worm, yeah. I, I thought it looked like a penis monster. To be I honest, I mean that I, that might have been the implication <laughs> based on the character. It's a very phallic-looking villain yes, <laughs> monster, definitely. And uh, so from there, she gets uh, sh- they are able to get the stone away from her. But then uh, she sends these monsters to the watchtower, and while they're all fighting. Jean takes it and takes it to her. And then again, from there, it's just kind of a big fight, and there's a lot of back and forth between Etrigan and the rest of the Justice League who doesn't, who don't want to believe that Jean is compromised or that he's going to betray them. But it's all sort of handled... I mean, it's... it's uh, at The end, like, the cl- climax of the, of the whole story is Jean deciding that he's going to stick with and choose to stay with his current family and and friends that he yes. loves and he just destroys the stone 
and that's kind of like the end of it. Like the yeah. stone is destroyed, and they, why didn't they just destroy it for, to begin with? Like why didn't instead of Wonder Woman dist- uh, running away with a stone when they go to the mansion, why didn't she just destroy it then and there? Yeah, why isn't that an option? I don't understand. Yeah, that's fair. And I also just thought there wasn't like a clear moment as to why in that exact moment he was able to break free of her right. temptation. Like, even if it had just been, like, a quick thing where they show him looking around and Flash is down and Wonder Woman's down and Batman's down and he looks around and he thinks for a second and then he crushes it, That would, but it's kind of he just walks right up to her, holds it out, and then at the last second crushes it before she can hold it. Um, and then, yeah, the, the ending is very quickly, like, he attempts to resign in shame and is sort of talked out of it by Jason Blood, and then Jason Blood sort of walks off into the fog, and that's sort of our ending. It was a very incredible Hulk ending also. Yes, definitely. Um, so, I, um, because it, it just seemed... I mean, there was elements about this episode that I liked. I liked that it included uh, a different array of... of you know, when you get different combinations of the of the main seven, it's always a good thing. It's always interesting to see Batman interact with John and yeah, and uh, you know, Flash and Wonder Woman interact together is always always hilarious. Um, so I think some of the interactions were great, and then you throw in an additional hero or antihero in the case of the Demon, yeah, and and that adds an interesting dynamic. With that said, though, the plot, you know, we talked about uh, I think when we did Injustice for All just about the idea that the writing still isn't... They're still finding their footing with the sure. writing, I think. Um, so my score, I gave I gave a plot a 5 out of 10. What about you? I went a little stronger. I went 7 out of 10. I think what works, works really well. Like, the, the struggle of the Martian Manhunter um, is really compelling. Mm-hmm. And the back and forth between Etrigan, and there's a, there's a line in somewhere where... Etrigan's talking about how she'll she'll dangle this carrot in front of you, and right when you think you're about to grab it, she'll take it away from you. And Batman says, oh, you're speaking from experience. And sort of this guy who already knows kind of what her gimmick is, is trying to tell everyone, but he's such a dick about it <laughs> that no one's really listening to him. Uh-huh. And uh, that sort of contrasted with, again, Martian Manhunter, even though he knows it's probably a trap or it's not going to happen, just the thought that it might is enough to sort of compel him to uh, potentially destroy the Earth in in uh, an attempt to get Mars back. Yeah, I just think I, I think that there was a there was some good stuff that that worked, but the a lot of the plot holes didn't make a whole lot of sense. I think they were vague in the way that they explained some of the character motivations. Um, they don't really explain Morgan Le Fay's son and who he is. And how he exists. Yeah, we get a little bit more of him later on in Justice League Unlimited, where uh-huh. they sort of explain a little bit more about, like, she gave him this uh, incantation that made him forever young and stuff like that. But, yeah, here it's just a child. Right. Played with swords, and then at the end of part two, he also shows that he has some magic ability as well. And he, But he understands and knows how to play computer games, too, despite right. his mom not understanding what computers Apparently are. Apparently never having heard of the... You know, that's the other thing, too. Is it like, does she go into, like, hibernation? Right, where does she because, come from? Because it's established that, like, Etrigan's been chasing her for, like, you know, thousands of years, and yet uh, he can't... Or, or, but yet she's never heard of the internet internet right and she just pops up out of nowhere yeah uh potholes are a little bit too much for me so i gave it uh, a five out of ten 
All right, uh, let's talk about some animation here, Liam. Um, man, there's a lot of good animation in oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> um, first and foremost, uh, I would say that the initial transformation between um, the Jason Blood into the demon really, really is fantastic. It oh, looks yeah. straight out of a comic book. It's a comic book That's panel. Kirby AF. Oh, yeah, Kirby clearly an influence there kirby's the creator of the character of course Correct, yeah jack kirby the king as he's known and um it's it shows up really really well they did a great job of of animating that transformation from jason blood to him even in the opening scene where you have him dying he's been you know he's been tr- he's been double crossed by morgan lefay and he's dying there and the the wizard Merlin appears. The scene around him turns all red, and he and he and the wizard are just there, and they're they're in black and white. Uh, it's it's really really a cool yeah. contrast, an interesting way of doing a scene like that, and I think it, it it works really well. I really liked actually some of the character designs too. I think that Morgan Le Fay's army of demon guys or whatever they yeah. are I'm not sure exactly what they are but whatever her demon creature army is are very very cool they're very Kirby looking as well mm-hmm. uh, a strong Kirby influence throughout this entire episode I really enjoyed that um, I think that uh, there's also one of the characters I don't know if you picked up on this a little easter egg in the scene where they go to the not playboy mansion <laughs> one of the characters is dressed up like Galactus Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he's wearing a Galactus helmet. He's not colored like him, but he's mm-hmm. wearing a he's he's wearing a Galactus helmet. So That's I awesome. Thought that was that was a pretty nice little. Yeah, nod yeah there's there. some fun little cameos in that scene. You see Maxi Zeus at one point. Yep, Maxi Zeus is there. Uh, you see the Batman and Catwoman from the Batman Beyond stage play. Nice. In uh, Out of the Past. Nice. It's, uh, so it's there's a Batman and a Catwoman, but it's literally just re reused character models from from that. Uh, from that, uh, from the stage play that Terry takes Bruce to in that, uh, in that Beyond episode, but uh, my, yeah, there's some fun little cameos in that scene. And then I thought a lot of the action, a lot of the demons' powers, like the fire shooting out of his hands mm-hmm. and stuff, and the and uh, the way Morgan Le Fay's powers are sort of visualized are really good. I really liked the uh, the stuff on Mars because we didn't get to see Mars kind of as it was before it was destroyed very much yep. um, in the pilot, so getting to see a little bit more of that world and seeing like the architecture and some of the like the designs of Jean's living room and stuff like that are, are really really quite nice um, yeah so I I really enjoyed the visuals I thought it's by far the strongest part of the episode probably mm-hmm. um, I gave it nine out of ten I nice. think it's really really strong um, again some of that I really loved the scene in the watchtower where they're fighting the orc like people mm-hmm um, when uh, Flash does the whirlwind, and which is just a classic Flash thing, anyway, <laughs> and then you have a, a, a maelstrom. Yes, <laughs> even though yes, he didn't know what a maelstrom was, but and then uh, Etrigan freezing all of them at the same time. I thought that was a really cool scene as well. Agreed. Uh, the flickering lights too when the orc guys first show up, mm-hmm. uh, really cool. A lot of nice shadow work. Got a lot of nice hashtag cape movement in this episode. Oh, lots of cape movement. Um, Lots of capes. Haven't so, talked about that in a while. Yeah, you know, I got to bring it back occasionally. It's a, it's a classic, but uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, so yeah, like I said, I gave it uh, nine out of ten. I think it's really, really uh, fantastic. I gave it eight out of ten. Um, right there, di- completely different than you. <laughs> um, my, I had one small complaint that stood out, and that was for most of the episode, 
the demon's skin tone is this weird sort of not yellow color. It's like golden almost, like a mm-hmm. golden brown, like a spicy brown mustard color, <laughs> I guess, if you're going to gonna put it, compare it to a color. And uh, it's that's not what he looked like in the new Batman Adventures. True. Uh, he was bright yellow. Like, I don't think he had those black lips in, in Batman either. He looked, yeah, there were some different, certainly some different, some character changes that happened in between, which is fine. We talked about the differences between the two. You didn't have yeah. to keep the continuity the same. However, there is one scene for some reason where his skin, and that's where they go to the watchtower, his skin is back to being that bright like french's yellow mustard color <laughs> as opposed to the spicy brown mustard and it's i i couldn't tell if it was because there was supposed to be there's more light in the watchtower or what necessarily the reason is but in the very next scene he goes back to being that dark yellow color and it's uh hmm. it was it was just something small that stuck out to me um i, I already mentioned i you know like a lot of the a lot of the character designs i i loved the transformation from the demon uh, from jason blood to the demon i uh i think that uh, a lot of the character designs were were really really swell even if i wasn't completely comfortable with the phallic monster that <laughs> Herv, Herv Hickman turned into, or Harv, uh, yeah. Harv Hickman turned into halfway through that the episode. Uh, with that said, though, I, I think I agree with you completely. I think this is the strongest point in this episode. And uh, one more thing to mention in visuals, uh, the the fight at the end between Martian Manhunter and Etrigan, this is one of the first times that I remember them really going like gung-ho with all the shape-shifting that John does. Correct. Like, uh, Demon goes to punch him, he turns, like, to a stone, like, turns to stone. Yep. And Demon hurts his hand, he, like, turns almost into, like, water and, like, scurries underneath the Demon's feet and comes up behind him. Yep. A lot of cool shape-shifting in this episode. Agreed. Um, which is obviously one of the more interesting uh, visual parts of the Martian Manhunter character is beyond sort of... Uh, you know, what separates him from being green Superman, you know? Right, exactly. Is, uh, is that, is that shape-changing stuff, and it was cool to see it really on display here. Agreed. All right, uh, let's move on to music, Liam. Uh, music, I didn't didn't hate the music. Uh, I, I don't remember anything particularly standing out too much. There's some good, during the, the fight scene at the Harv Hickman's uh, mansion, there's some good music there. There's uh, some good music in the in- initial scene. It is still kind of getting used to because it, it seemed like it would be a, a good spot for an orchestral uh, live orchestra, and it's very obviously that it obviously done that it's not a live orchestra and more keyboard sounds that are made to sound like yeah. an orchestra. So that comes off as a little bit cheesy in certain places. Um, with that said, I, I, I think that it's it's fine. There's nothing in it that I didn't like per se, but I didn't think it was particularly strong. Uh, I went ahead and gave it a middle of the road, five out of 10. What about you? <laughs> exact same there. Five <laughs> out of 10. I liked the music in the fight at the end of part one between Batman, Etrigan and Morgan Le Fay. Mm-hmm. When they go to the, the old guy who's not Harv Hickman's house to protect him. Agreed. Um, I thought that was really good. And I thought like, again, some of the music, uh, when when John sees his children for the first time, is yeah. like there's a nice little sort of understated moment there, and the music helped that certainly. Uh, but yeah, overall, I would say it kind of fades into the background, which again, as we've mentioned several times, it's not always a bad thing. Correct. But uh, yeah, I think there are certain scenes here that could have really be- benefited from like that really gung ho, uh, as you mentioned, orchestral sound, and we don't quite get that. Agreed. All right, let's move on to our last category, Liam, of the day. As we always do, let's tackle our voice acting. 
we have some interesting players here. We got a normal normal cast of Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter really shines in this episode. Obviously, he he has a lot of the load to carry. But we do have some special guests. One of whom has been, I think, now on three straight episodes that we've co- <laughs> or three of the last four episodes. Yeah, she's that been we've around covered. a lot lately. Olivia Dabo is Morgan Le Fay, uh, who of course plays Star Sapphire. She also played uh, Ten slash Melanie Walker on Batman Beyond. So she's uh, she's been around a lot uh, as, as of late. late. Yeah, yeah, she does sure. a good job. I, th- I think she's, again, part of her character is sort of that she's sort of single-minded and unfeeling. And I think the performance lends herself to that. Like, she's very... She's cold. All she cares about is giving this kingdom to her son. Right. And she doesn't care how many people's lives she'll destroy um, along the way to get uh, to give her son his, his castle. Certainly. I think that works. Uh, we have Michael T. Weiss as Etrigan uh, slash Jason Blood, who uh, he was on a show called The Pretender that I don't remember ever seeing anything about, but it ran for four seasons, <laughs> so it must have been good. When was that? Uh, 1996 to the year 2000 it ran. Okay. Um, but uh, for some more uh, relevant to this show topics, he also voiced... Captain Adam on the Young Justice cartoon, okay. and he voiced Adam Strange on the Brave and the Bold cartoon. Okay. So, a DC uh, voice acting veteran. There you go. And uh, I, th- I think his Jason Blood is is good. I believe Billy Zane played him in the Batman episode, ah. the New Batman Adventures. And I couldn't remember which one was Billy Zane and which one was uh, the other guy. Right. So when I when I came up and I saw it was Michael T. Weiss, I was like, oh, I don't know who that is. So I had to do a little research as usual. Okay. But yeah, so there's there's some. Uh, he's also on Days of Our Lives for a while. He okay. was So he's been around. He's done quite a bit of acting over the years. Quite a bit of voice acting. I think he does a solid job as Etrigan. He's yeah. more. He's much more Etrigan than Jason Blood. He's Jason Blood for about five minutes at the beginning, and then for a minute at the end. But everything in between is uh, is Etrigan. He's you know they got that really gravelly like grumpy voice he's got to do. My only complaint about Etrigan is he doesn't speak in rhyme in this episode. It's, yeah, he does in one of the Justice League movies, doesn't he? Or, yes, or... I believe in the Justice League Dark movie that came out uh, maybe a year or two ago that uh, DCAU veteran James Tucker produced. He um, speaks uh, he speaks completely in rhyme as he's wont to sometimes yes. in, in the comics. Uh, miss that I think that that adds an interesting and somewhat hilarious dynamic to the the character. Yeah, but I could understand they were they were going for something a little more based in in uh, being serious here instead of lighthearted. So yeah, and aside from that, we have a guy named Dave Thomas as Harv Hickman. We have not not the Dave Thomas. No, not Wendy's. No, name. not the uh, proprietor of Wendy's who is now deceased. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, uh, and then we had uh, Soren Fulton, who was an honest to goodness child actor uh, hmm. as uh, Mordred. Um, who I think does a solid job. Again, he comes back later on in Justice League Unlimited, which we'll get to uh, way down the road here. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I thought I thought uh, solid cast. But, yeah, as far as the stars of this episode, I thought, big surprise, Kevin Conroy, who is completely in a supporting role in this episode, he's phenomenal. He's really good. Um, especially because, of all people, he's the one who's really sticking up for Jean almost more than anyone else yeah. uh, to, to Etrigan. I mean, Etrigan kind of has a spat with all three of the other Justice League members, mm-hmm. uh, and they all kind of confront him about being such a jerk. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the scenes where you know uh, where uh, Batman tells him, you know, I trust I trust John with my life and all of that, I thought Kevin Conroy was really excellent in that role. And then, of course, the main the main star of the day was was Carl Lumbly, of course, as as John Jones, Martian Manhunter. 
He's phenomenal. He's really, really good. He's excellent in this episode. One of his best performances of the entire series. Um, just that, again, that, that hope, that sadness, that... He's he's really good at communicating a alien well, a, an alien that is feeling human emotions. You know, yes. he, he does a great job of of expressing that where he sounds like he's not of this world, but he's doing his best to integrate or in, int, integrate. I can't say that word. Integrate himself. <laughs> integrate himself into the society and the the norms of human existence through the way that he's speaking the way he's his emotions and he does a great job by doing it I, yeah I just certain lines as, as we mentioned we didn't watch this one a lot uh growing up or even when the dvds came out but uh like the line when he when he sees his kids for the first time and he says my dear children like there's so much emotion packed into that mm-hmm. um he's just fun again and he has to do a little bit of anything he has to be angry he has to be sad he has to be conflicted he has to be you know sort of his normal voice a lot of range there, and uh, yeah, he was up to the task. Uh, I gave voice acting eight out of ten. I think it's <laughs> really, really strong here. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I didn't. Uh, there's you know a few minor things that maybe could have made it better. Obviously, I didn't give it a perfect score, but overall, really, really strong. And like I said, one of one of Carl Lumbly's greatest performances. Yeah, I, I'd say it's strong too. I, I gave it the exact same score, eight out of ten. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, we we agree on that one. I, I think uh, Carl Lumbly's performance carries the entire episode he's asked of a lot and um you know harv hickman his voice got on my nerves because Mm. i i don't know why why they made him such a focal point of this the second episode it was really really that goes back to plot but his voice just annoyed me so i took it took me down from like a, (laughs) a higher score because his voice annoyed me so i gave it eight out of ten all right, well, I, I guess we, that will get us to our final scores for the day. Um, totaling everything out, Liam, I come to a final score of 26 out of 40. What about you? And I am a little further away. I'm at 29 out of 40. Okay. Yeah, overall, I guess uh, we can go to rewatchability now. Yeah. I think this is a good episode to watch just because it does give you a little bit more insight into the way uh, the Martian Manhunter thinks or the way he sees sure. things. He is a hero, he's part of this team, but even, again, as we mentioned, even more so than Superman or Hawkgirl or Wonder Woman, he's very, very much feels alone. Yeah, if you're if you're watching through the Justice League episodes, and it's it's hard when we're talking about rewatchability, we're like, oh, these are must-see episodes, you know, when we talk about Legends, like, last week. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, a, that, that's whether you're watching through, if you just want to watch the best of the best of the DCAU, or you are looking for... You know the the best, just the best Justice League episodes that falls into that category. Yeah. As far as rewatchability is concerned, if you're watching through Justice League, absolutely watch this episode. It's it's entertaining. It's good. It gives you some context and continuity with the demon being present again. Bat. It's got some good Batman action at the beginning of it, and um, you know there's some there's some there's some good stuff about this episode. So I I'd say give it a watch for sure. Agreed. All right, William. Uh, so that will wrap us up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, as we always ask. And thank you. Please do us a favor, if you can. Uh, if you're taking the time to listen to this, give us a five-star review on iTunes. That will help us immensely. It gets us out there. We thank you for the people that currently listen and that have been listening since the beginning. We appreciate that. We are still working on our contest. Headed towards that 250, Liam. Yeah, we're, we're closing in. We're, it's like less than... 
uh, 40 to go now, I think. All right, we're it's we're inching ever ever closer. We'd love to hit that mark maybe in the next month or so to get get up to 250 followers. So if you're on Twitter and you don't follow us, follow us at DCAU Review. Liam, uh, once we hit 250, we'll give out the information on what they need to do to uh, be entered to win the Almost Got em Batman game we're looking to give away. Super excited about that. Uh, Liam, of course, they can also follow you at DCAU Review <laughs> for other stuff happening throughout the week, discussions on, on other episodes, oh, yeah. fan art, uh, d- you know, giving us feedback here about certain episodes, helping us decide what we're going to listen to and, and review next. Uh, yeah. So, and speaking of which, I think we, this is probably a good time to announce what we'll be reviewing for the month of April. Oh, yeah. we got some exciting stuff going on, so it's kind of a dual thing. Uh, the movie Shazam is coming out. Yes. But it's also um, March 30th, also the official 80th birthday of Batman. There you go. As a character, meaning that for the entire month of April, we've decided we're going to go back to Batman, but not Batman the Animated Series. No. We're going to do a month of Elseworlds Batman stories. That's right. Uh, we're going to do some Brave and the Bold, some The Batman. And maybe one or two other shows if we can uh, find the, a legal way to watch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll see, but definitely we'll be doing Brave and the Bold uh, to start, and then we'll also be doing The Batman that month as well, definitely. So Excited to revisit some Brave and the Bold, as we talked about when we did the, the episode over Christmas. I uh, haven't watched a ton of that, so I'm, I'm excited to delve more into that. Definitely excited to check out some of The Batman. It's been quite a while since oh, I've yeah. seen that. And uh, we'll see what else we can dig up as far as other worlds of Batman to cover. But uh, we're super excited about that. All right. Well, that'll wrap us up. I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next edition of the DCAU Review. Goodbye.